It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Jacob Sanderson, as always, on a Thursday morning. You guys might notice that means that that is Thanksgiving. It's for the love of the game, Jacob, we are doing this because we are committed to the people. We are we are deep in this main slate. That's uh, I mean, look, could be better, could be worse. I we I, the week, what was it? The week nine slate was just like the most objectively garbage slate of all time. I don't, I don't love this spot here, really. For a Thanksgiving miracle, just Derek Carr, please sit out one week. Just one week, Derek Carr, you know, get healthy. Let $4,900 Jameis enter our lives. Yeah, that would be much appreciated. So we are, uh, are going to get through all of these games. We are going to begin with the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. I do legitimately think Derek Carr playing or not playing is like the biggest thing on this slate because Jameis is cheap. And if Jameis plays A.T. Perry, $3,200, Rashid Shahid, I believe is 4,300. Uh, Chris Olave remains at the price that he has been at for like the entirety of time sitting there at 6,600. I, I think you can play Jameis doubles. I think you can play one of shits or London as a bring back. Uh, in fact, I probably will be doing that. It's certainly a, uh, you know, I don't think you have to use a bring back there because Taylor Heineke or Desmond Ritter is back as the quarterback of the Falcons. Not great. Although we, we have seen a couple times this year when the Falcons get behind. Arthur Smith does yeah. let does let Ritter chuck it around a little bit. I mean, Heineke, like if people thought Heineke was the answer, you know, they were quickly disabused of that notion. So I don't think that Ritter, you know. If you don't want, if you want to say he's not an upgrade, you can say that. I don't think he's like a demonstrable downgrade. I think that you know they both suck. It, it is what it is for the Falcons' pass catchers. Um, so I think you can play them regardless. I do think they probably go pretty run heavy. Like this is a pretty massive game for well both these teams, right? Like they're they're both yeah. currently vying to see who gets to lose to the Cowboys in round one. Um, and this game goes a long way to deciding that. So I, I think that means you kind of lean into who you are as a coach and. We all know who Arthur Smith is. That's true. Now, do you make anything out of the comments that he had in his first press conference coming back from their bye week, basically being like, Bijan has, I, I believe the quote was, he has exceeded expectations, like just basically really complimenting him. I I, I wonder if it is a uh, come to Jesus moment where he maybe met 
with ownership or met with someone in the front office and is like, dude, you're making us look ridiculous that we spent this pick on Bijan Robinson and you keep giving the ball to Tyler Algier. I, I kind of yeah. think that I like that is my current operating conspiracy theory. I, I think I mean, Bijan did get 22 rushes and was second on the team and pass routes ran in their game before the bye week. So it's not as even if it would be that unexpected. I agree. Yes, I think that uh, I think that's the easiest compromise for Arthur Smith to make is to just run the ball as much as he desires, but to do it with a different vessel. That seems like a pretty reasonable way for him to be who he wants to be while also giving in a little bit to the to the fantasy industrial complex. So I, I agree that we're going to see a lot of B. John Robinson uh, coming off the bye, the quote unquote uh, post by Bob. So, yeah, I'm in I'm in on B. John for sure. Yeah. So this is my my flag plant is Jameis Winston with A.T. Perry and Chris. I think it's going to be Carr. Sorry. It's so it's just like, why would they practice in fall? Why would they even list him as still in the concussion protocol coming back from the bye? I know. I think it's like a new NFL ruling that guys have to stay in the concussion protocol over the bye week because we've had a couple instances of this already this season. But it is extremely uh, it's extremely annoying. I, I actually think Perry is in play either way, not as much with Carr in, because like the type of routes that he runs are not Derek Carr routes. They're very much Jameis Winston routes. But I do, I still probably wouldn't play Carr, but I do think like Alave, Pitts, little mini correlations are good. And then Bijan, I, I, I'll i be big on as well. I, I think Bijan, I'm, I'm buying that company line on Bijan. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Jalen Warren, I guess. I mean, is that 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 to me seems the only thing that would change with the new play caller would be more Jalen Warren, less Najee Harris. What do you make of that? Um, maybe a little bit. I, I doubt it though. I, I kind of think Jalen Warren has already carved out like as big of a role as he's gonna carve out. Um, like he plays already like half the snaps. Najee Harris is a first round pick. And Najee Harris, I, I don't think has actually been all that brutal since the first few weeks of the season, like Warren is clearly better, but Nash has been fine in his role. I, yeah, I don't know that has. they actually, I, I don't know that like the problem in this offense is that they need to alter the running back touches. Like I think that they, they needed to involve Warren and they have, I don't know that like Najee's played so bad. They need to eradicate him from the offense. Um, I think it's kind of fine as it is. Maybe you tilt like 10% more to Warren, I think the main problem in this offense is that their quarterback is Kenny Pickett. And un- unfortunately, there's nothing much they can do about that other than make their quarterback Mitch Trubisky, which isn't all that much better. So, yeah, I, I mean, I I do literally think no plays from this game are optimal at all. And I, I don't think you'll get anyone from this game, even Chase, if Higgins doesn't play Boyd, whatever, like Jake Browning. Jake Browning is sort of, uh, I mean, he did have that miracle sophomore season at Washington or whatever, which is so yeah, weird when with, you look back at John it. John Ross and Dante Pettis and whoever else Gretsch would wax on about. Right, exactly. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I really got nothing from that game. Play the, the next game. Oh, yeah. Oh, Steelers defense here. <laughs> Steelers defense is a phenomenally good play. The next game has probably the most plays, most individual plays of any game here. We have Jacksonville at Houston. Sounds like Damian Pierce is like a legit, they don't know what they're doing with him yet. Like if he's going to play, honestly feels like to me, if D'Amico Ryan's had his way, he'd just sit him again because you can't, you can't not give him the ball if he plays. 
I would have drafted approximately 0% of Damian Pierce if I knew that D'Amico Ryan's nickname for Devin Singletary was Motor. I would have literally zero exposure to Damian well, well, Pierce. Well, that's been that. everybody's nickname for Devin Singletary for years, isn't it? I mean, it, it's pop. Sure. That was like his I nickname mean, coming out of college. He, he's like, isn't his like Twitter handle motor or something? Like Buffalo would always put motor in the graphics of him. All right. Well, that's on me for not knowing enough ball. I mean, honestly, that is a that is a clear lack of ball knowledge. You got, there's me. only a few nicknames I know for running backs. I know motor, Singletary. I know Booby Sanders, um, Juice Herbert. There's probably a few more. Juice Herbert is so funny because he like literally has like negative juice. He just is like whatever uh anyway do you buy what is the what is the jacob sanderson breakdown on the calvin ridley is a fantasy superstar wednesday jones is in the game <laughs> theory are you in on this well, or are you out on this i think it's been it's it's been complicated by the fact that um what was it of like ridley's someone tweeted this out i'm just copying it and i, I forget who i think it was josh norris uh, where it was he was breaking down like all of Ridley's biggest plays, and then Zay Jones wasn't even on the field for half. It of them. was it was Josh or Hayden. I can't remember which one, but yes. Um, I, I don't I don't know that I super buy it. I guess, uh, but it is interesting, right? It is notably interesting. Um, I, I buy that they used him differently this week, right? Like they used him more on some on a lot of these inside releases. That's what I care. And about. whether or not they did that because Zay was back, I don't know. It's not like they needed Zay to be back to do that, but if that inspired them, I'll take it. Um, I don't see why they would then go back to not doing that, right? Like they they did this thing, it worked. Do it again, right? But isn't that what we would do? I mean, yeah. I mean, I think uh, unironically, I think as it pertains to Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson's handling of his development, he's been such a frustrating guy because you can, to give the ball knowers a little bit of credit, I do think they are directionally accurate that Trevor Lawrence is better at quarterbacking than his NFL two date numbers. And there's just a lot of like small reasons why he hasn't fully realized that. And it feels like having Calvin Ridley be the guy he was last week would be very helpful to furthering that. So I, I do think, you know, Lawrence with Ridley and one of the other guys, I, I think any of them, I think Zay Kirk and Ingram are all at kind of in play with one or two of the Texans is all fine. The most interesting question of the week is, is tank Dell now so expensive that the slappies would just rather play Nico Collins or are the slappies not going to pay all the way up for tank Dell and they just click Nico Collins because he's cheaper. I, I actually don't know. I still prefer Dell because it's short King summer. I know you are much more of a Nico guy. Well, I love them both. Um, I've, I love Nico since the beginning, but I have welcomed tank Dell into my heart. I have plenty of room in my heart for tank Dell. Uh, I mean, I will definitely play lineups with Stroud both for sure. Um, I imagine me and all my friends <laughs> will, will do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll probably play both as, as the bring backs in this game too on the other side and maybe solo. I think like, if if the ownership is lower on Nico and the price is way lower, like he's probably the better play. He did just see 11 targets last week in his first game returning from injury. So it's not as though Tank Dell is like erasing from the offense in any way. Uh, but Tank Dell does seem to be now taking over like the downfield stuff, which is pretty, it's pretty nice when you're the guy who is the most liable to get the gadget jet sweep and the most liable to get the 50 yard bomb. That's a pretty incredible role. So I think Tank Dell's absolutely worth the salary and more. 
So I think it actually will be a slappies just keep playing the guy who's been rewarding them. I, I actually think Tank will come in appreciably more owned than Nico. I think so too. So my, I mean, which is like, honestly, I don't even know if that's wrong. You know, like Tank has like literally been that good that I think you could argue. I mean, he's basically been an $8,000 wide receiver like on, on DraftKings. You know, he's been really strong. I think you can play Tank and Nico without anyone from this game, you know, just as total one-offs. I don't think I would play ridley or kirk without other attachments here maybe maybe kirk if you if you want to play the narrative that ridley goes back to zero and it was just a one week spike or whatever but it feels like ridley and kirk are so much more tied to like a trevor lawrence sort of you know 43 pass attempt game or whatever that that's kind of what i think there and then the running backs i mean etn you and i both really like etn he projects Mm -hmm. pretty strong this week what i mean Singletary basically has the best role in the NFL. What are you what are you doing with him here if Pierce is active? Yeah, well, Pierce practiced in full, so he's gonna play basically unless they like sabotage him because they don't want to deal with him. Um I think he'll play some, right? But I think that Singletary is gonna still be the lead guy. Um, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure how much the difference in the run game recently has been like Devin Singletary so much better than Damian Pierce or anything like that. I don't think anyone I think probably, believes that. I think well, probably a big do. part of it. I think it's, I think it's a few things. Like I think part of it might just be the offensive line gelling a little bit. Part of it might be the matchups. Um, I think a big part of it is just how much more defenses now are probably respecting CJ Stroud in this passing game in a way that I'm not sure that they did very early in the year and that's allowing a lot less attention to be paid to stopping Houston's run game and I think one aspect that is legit is just like Damian Pierce uh I don't think it's very comfortable running the zone scheme uh, uh playbook like you look at their average yards per carry and their success rate on gap scheme runs Pierce is still ranking ahead of Singletary but there's like a two yard per carry difference on zone scheme runs and Singletary you watch him like I think he's a lot more comfortable and I think that they're going to want to continue to ride that. So I, I would I would suspect that Singletary plays more snaps, runs more routes, gets more carries. The question is, inside the five, does the big body Damian Pierce come back on the field? By lean is probably yes, at least sometimes. See, I would kind of go the other way. I kind of think Damian Pierce becomes the Damian Harris, where he just is get he's only getting the grunt work. Like most of the good stuff is going to go to Devin Singletary. Singletary is going to be in on third downs and Singletary has just been so efficient the last couple of weeks that it's kind of hard for me to imagine him, you know, like D'Amico Ryan's, I guess, kind of feels like a guy to me who just like rewards good play. You know, that's kind of a defensive coach thing. Actually, I've noticed right. in the past where like defensive coaches, if just, if the results are good, they tend to keep going in, in that direction. I, and if, if Pierce is active, I think Singletary kind of becomes this awesome leverage play where so like right now Devin Singletary I'm looking at kind of projected as like the sixth highest scoring running back of the slate Pierce gets activated he's going to be down to like you know I mean below Mixon and Ramondre and stuff I think in terms of raw projection and that it's going to keep him out of all the optimals so that's sort of interesting two of the five highest. I would way rather play Singletary if Pierce is active right like yes his ownership will be way down ceiling's the exact same right like, i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that pierce comes back and they're like glad to have you buddy got a seat right there for you like that seems right. pretty possible 
Yeah, no, I think it's, I think, I, I mean, I think that is super possible. So the next game has two of the five highest projected, both owned and points running backs, Mr. Jonathan Taylor, Mr. Rashad White. Um, I mean, I am buying this on Jonathan Taylor all day. Like, one, he can get there on efficiency always, but two, in that Germany game, they were like, Zach, Zach Moss, thank you for your service. You are a good servant to the club, but uh, we paid Jonathan Taylor three years, $42 million. It's, it's time to give him the rock. Like, the whole game, I think, for them the rest of the season is just giving Jonathan Taylor the ball. Correct. <laughs> yep. Um, I like this game. Uh, I like this game a lot, actually. Like Tampa's Tampa's been fun. Their defense has regressed. Baker Mayfield is better than we think. Mike Evans is having himself a year. And the Colts are always going to be a pace up team. The only thing is Gardner Minshew started out his stint pretty fun. Like he was playing very chaotic football. It was resulting right. in points for them. It was resulting in points for the other team. It was really a blast. Then he's he started to really regress pretty hard inside the pocket where he's just like running into sacks. He's not letting the ball go on time. And A, that has declined his own production. And B, that's, I think, forced them to be even more run heavy than they originally wanted to be. So we'll see if coming out of the bye, like maybe he can find peace or find God or whatever it is that allows him to be a little bit more serviceable. If so, I think this game could like go way over the total just with the pace that they're going to play at um, and how Tampa's going to, you know, Tampa's already going to be more efficient passing than running. They use Rashad White plenty in the passing game. That's just how they prefer to involve him. So I think this could be a very fun game where the Colts are kind of forced to have to keep up um, and are not willing to. We'll see. I, I would like to probably play this both ways. Like I'd like to play Taylor um, and then... I'd also like to play this as a full on stack. I think if you're stacking the game, you need Tampa to get up, right? Because the, the Colts are that kind of team where like, if they get up ahead, they will just pound Taylor over and over and over and over again. But yeah. they play so fast that if, if Tampa's up, you know, then all of a sudden you, you can play Pittman, you can play down. So they're going to get peppered with targets. They're going to play fast coming back. It'll be a fun, it'll be a fun spot. And I mean, no team has been better for overs this year than the Indianapolis Colts. I, I guess I wouldn't play a quarterback from either of these teams. I wouldn't play Minshew. I wouldn't play Mayfield. But I think you could do stuff like Evans with Jonathan Taylor, uh, Michael Pittman and Godwin or whatever. I mean, probably not Godwin. He just has no, like shown like no ceiling. Probably. So it's really it's really probably just I, I guess it's Evans. Pittman, Evans and Downs. Rashad. Yeah. Yeah. Evans and Rashad is I, I think they can both get there in the same game for sure. Yeah, I think I might play Baker. Like, if I wanted to do something, like, if I wanted to do a lineup where I wanted to play, like, A.J. Brown and Diggs, or, or like, something where I was layering in expensive pieces from one of these big games, um, I think that you can do, like, a Baker, Rashad White, Mike Evans, or you could even do, like, a super cheap, like, Baker, Trey Palmer or something. I think you need Evans regardless. And then... I don't know, uh, you like bring it down since you're a bring back or something. Um, I think that that is, is like reasonably viable, but I agree. Probably you're better off just going one of Pittman or Downs, one of Evans and White. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Another game with no one I'm interested in playing, the New England Patriots against the New York Football Giants. You can play both of the defenses. I don't think I would play Saquon. I don't think I would play Ramondre. I don't think I would play Demario Douglas. Like, obviously, if you're playing you know, Millie maker, 150 max type stuff. But these are not, to me, these are, I mean, it's like, 
how many rushing attempts and how many sacks are there going to be in this game? There's going to be like 39 total dropbacks between both teams in this game. And like eight of those are going to end in a sack. Would you, would you play Ramondre? No. I mean, I guess the thing about Ramondre is his salary is pretty appealing, but he, cause he's 5,800, but I think like just one V one, I might rather play James Connor than Ramondre. And I definitely yeah. would rather play Pacheco than Ramondre. Like, definitely would rather play Pacheco. So then it's like my third favorite running back around the 6K range. And then, again, that's the thing that I kind of, kind of learned from the optimals is that the value of getting that right is actually so small. Yeah. Like, the, the value of getting 19 points at 4% owned versus 18.5 points at 30% mm-hmm. owned is like nothing. You you gain You gain, like, literally nothing doing that. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. And I think honestly Ramondre probably works better, I think, this year in games where they trail. Where like they it's, trail. it's closer to a 50-50 split with Zeke if they're playing from ahead. It's when they get behind that it becomes entirely Ramondre's backfield. So um yeah, and, and Douglas is probably the same. You really don't want to play him against a in a, in a in a game where they might throw 16 passes. We don't even know who their quarterback's gonna be. So next, I guess. Yeah, it's just I mean it's just a it's just a shitty spot. I I have however talked myself into a couple plays from this next game, the Carolina Panthers against the Tennessee Titans. I I have talked myself into Hopkins in this game and uh, I actually think Derrick Henry might end up like catching a good bit of ownership here as a $6400 home favorite against this Panthers defense that was so brutal that even Tony Pollard yeah. got there against them. Even dust-ass Tony Pollard was able to get there versus the Carolina Panthers. Well, that was just rude. It was. Um, it was rude to myself, too, though. <laughs> um, yes, he did. And he had a great run, by the way. That touchdown run was fantastic. The touchdown run was really good. Yes, it was. Um. Yeah, Derrick Henry probably will be owned. Probably should be 20% plus owned in the spot uh they've been doing like the mike frame press conferences is like we got to get derrick henry more room to run um this this is like a you know the will levis candle burned brightly uh but it's it, it's it's burning out just as quickly and i think the titans have shifted from like let's let this guy pass to like let's just run the ball a lot uh so that this guy can, you know, be as comfortable as we can make him, I suppose. So I, I think Henry's a good play here, but might come in a little overowned since we know that his world has a lot of fragility this year uh, in a good spot. And then, yeah, I mean, Adam Thielen, Frank Reich took back over the play calling and immediately Adam Thielen was back to uh, world-class usage. So he can certainly be in all your lineups again. That'd be the only Panther you would play outside of the defenses. Or I don't even know if you can play the defenses because they suck. I actually think I actually think Henry Thielen is like it's the nuts, right? Because it's just telling you the exact story you want, which is right. Derrick Henry rips off two sixty-yard gains. The Panthers are down immediately, and Thielen racks up fourteen targets. Like it, it, it is the perfect story. And I don't, I mean, no, no, Henry might end up getting a little bit owned, but no one else from this game is going to be popular in in any sense. Yeah, Henry Thielen is like. Honestly, a good stack, and it's also the, it's also something that you'll be embarrassed to show in your screenshot when you win one million dollars, and then someone's like, "Oh, how?" And it's like, "Oh, I played Derrick Henry and Adam Thielen." Yes, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, uh, absolutely, no doubt about that. All right, I, I 
find myself very intrigued by this next game. Uh, the guys on the Swolecast didn't seem as excited, but the Los Angeles Rams against the Arizona Cardinals, to me, Kyler is is the best quarterback play because he's not even projecting as like super chalk right now. Michael Wilson is questionable. You could totally play Dorch, by the way, if uh, if Wilson doesn't play. But Rondale, Dorch, McBride, James Connors back, and then on the Rams side, if Cup doesn't go, Puka is like a giga smash. Probably a good play, even if Cup does go. And then you get Mr. Mr. Atwell for free and Kyron's back this week. Neither of these defenses are particularly good. The Cardinals have been playing very fast since the return of Kyler Murray. And, and I guess the big thing for me is Kyler is like, maybe he's not a hundred percent back as a passer, but he's a hundred percent back as like Kyler Murray, like making stuff move in the pocket, hucking the ball. Like it's just, he is, he is totally there. So I, I, I love this game. This will probably be the game. I'll probably do Kyler, one of the pass catchers and Puka as like my team in the spy this week, I think. Is this the week that Marquise Brown's expected fantasy be- points become actual fantasy points? No, because he's not even getting the expected fantasy points anymore. Like Kyler doesn't even look at him, really. Um, I think that that's I think that some of that's matchup based. Um I've I've seen people that are smarter than me kind of talk about the last two matchups that Kyler's had uh against um, what was it, Atlanta and Houston? Yeah. And then Marquise Brown is, is pretty volatile by coverage. Um, granted, I'm not sure that I have the value hat on what the Los Angeles Rams play a lot of and whether that's going to change. Um, I so I'm still pretty excited about playing Marquise. Like, will people keep playing him, or or is this the week that he's finally actually comes in under and you can get him at lower lower ownership? I feel like this, we're getting pretty close to the people just stop clicking him the week. Yeah. Okay. Cause like, cause like okay. I didn't, then I'm, was, then this is the week I'm going to start clicking him. Cause I didn't play him the last two weeks cause he was like, so owned. Um, but if he's going to finally come down to like 10 or less, then I, I want to get in on it. Cause I think he's going to have a week at some point in time here where, where he starts catching bombs. Yeah. So he was, um, he was even played in cash last week. And he will not be at all this week. Like people are, people are no. very sick of it. So I think when a guy totally leaves the optimal lineup pool, then that is going to, I mean, is going to naturally decrease uh, how owned he is. I, I think McBride, I don't care whatever McBride's peon is. This dude is like the new Jimmy Graham. He's not, he's not Gronkish cause he's not like huge and like a red zone guy, but like he, I did. <laughs> I mean, his usage and role is like unreal. I it's it, I did not have this in the range of outcomes for Trey McBride in any way, but that's Kyler's dude. Yeah, for sure. And other side of this game, uh, if you had any concerns about what uh, Kyron Williams' role is going to be, you got to have less of those with uh, Daryl Henderson being swiftly released from the team, right? Well, they did they did re-sign him to the uh to the, to the old to the practice, practice squad. squad. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I think I do think that's like a clear indication that like Kyron is coming back to the role that he vacated. Like maybe not a hundred percent of the snaps, but probably like eighty percent of them any of the goal line work. And it actually feels like A Chain coming back last week and immediately getting injured might scrape off like three <laughs> percent of his projected ownership because those guys uh destinies are so linked with each other this year, you know. And people immediately, like, and A-Chain even was only, I think, 14, 15% owned last week when, like, obviously the last slate before he got injured, I think he was, like, 39% or something. So right. I, I do I do like that idea. I mean, this game is just, it's set up. Give me your over-under on Kyron Williams' projected ownership. 
over under on Kyron. So assuming that Daryl Henderson doesn't get called back up from the practice squad, I'm going to guess Kyron at 24% owned, I think. Because he's not he's not free, you know. He's sixty six hundred. There's yeah. White. There's Singletary. There's Jacobs. There's Henry. There's Javante. There's Swift. There's Bijan and Joe Mixon, who are all very close in projection to him. So ultimately, I don't think he will be like some in. It won't be like Raheem Mostert fifty five percent owned in the Millionaire Maker level chalk. Yeah. Okay. It's a tough one because if he was to be like fifteen or something, then he would be like for me, hundred percent of lineups in this matchup. But then when we get into like 25, 30, it's like, I'd almost then rather play the variance the other way. Um, that's, that's going to be a hard one to gauge. Like, I think if you can guess Kyron's correct ownership, I think that's one of the most important things to probably have to figure out on this slate. Yes. I, I think you are. I think you're probably right about that. All right. Next up, we got another nothing burger, the Cleveland Browns with Dorian Thompson Robinson and the best defense in the NFL. Sorry. Just the, the, the nothing burger Broncos. after Jim Irsay's tweets is just killing me. Right. <laughs> you're, oh, God. You are mean and ugly. You're a total nothing burger. You're a total nothing burger. The only play from this game who I'm getting in any sim runs at all is Javante Williams. But it's like, what's the point? I mean, I get. I guess best case scenario for him, he scores twice. I, I guess that is all that it is. But it feels like it feels like that universe almost doesn't exist because if he gets one, Sean Payton is going to be like, all right, well, Jaleel McLaughlin gets the next one. You know, and he's not I, getting any passing work. I have a gross play in this game. Um, his role in was Joko? not that great last. No, that's a that's not a gross play. That's that's yeah. a lovely play. That's that's a warm and fuzzy play. Uh, his role was not that great last week. So I don't think that people are going to click him at all. Um, but he still is very cheap. He gets the absolute, probably the second best matchup for running backs behind maybe just Carolina. Any team can run at will on this Denver Broncos team. Uh, so I think that Jerome Ford's week last week was maybe a little bit of a blip. Like it was, he had enough of a sustained stretch of the 60 to 65% snap share weeks that I'm, I think it's more likely that that flips back to that than that he just sees the exact same split they saw last week where it was more or less 50-50. Uh, I think he'll start. I think he'll start to run extremely efficiently because everybody runs extremely efficiently on Denver, um, especially him as sort of more of the bursty option. Um, I think he has legit potential uh, in this spot where they don't really want to pass with DTR if they can avoid it, I would imagine that Ford goes for hundred plus. And uh, he actually saw a full goal line series last week too, which was one, it kind of proved that it was maybe a little bit more coincidental. So that that's a guy I actually will play in the spot, um, pair him with Brown's defense. And I don't think people are going to go back to Ford after the role reduction last week. Yeah. I mean, so I don't, I don't have an issue with it. What I find bizarre is that it's like the way they do it is it's like by half, you know what I'm saying? Like they do it, they do it by like, Jerome Ford will come out and get all the work in the first half and then Hunt will come in or it'll happen vice versa. And I don't, I don't understand what the, what the plan is there. Like, what are they doing? Why is that happening? I'm not sure. I think it might just be kind of a, like a true hot hand where like Ford wasn't really rolling last week. So I think they were just like, let's see when Hunt's got. Whereas other weeks it's been like, you know, Ford has been picking up chunks and they keep handing it off to him. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to ascribe logic where there is none. Hard to say. Um, yeah. 
but maybe we'll find out this week. Well, yeah, I, I don't have I don't have any problem with it. I would not play I would not play Javante Williams. Um I don't really care. Like I'm I just, not playing any Bronco. Yeah, I'm not I'm not playing any Bronco either. Uh this is this is a game that's gonna show up on red zone like three times and and we're gonna be sick of it anytime that you have to see a lot of some really bad games. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, New England, New York, and Ugh. Cleveland, Denver are just like miserable NFL games that no one really has any interest in participating in all right the kansas city chiefs traveling to the las vegas raiders peter said patrick mahomes is unplayable this week in in dfs i i beg to differ i think the the huge thing on this slate is that it's i believe it's the first slate all year that mahomes allen and hurts have all been on uh, maybe there was one other one and mahomes has been shit for fantasy relative to his standards this year they get, you know, just embarrassed in the second half. They've been like this awful second half offense for the last month of the season. I just, I kind of feel it in my bones, like a Mahomes, let me show you what I got thing. And maybe that's wrong. Maybe I'm just a homer. Maybe I'm imagining ghosts where the ghosts don't exist. I don't know. I just, I, Jacob, I feel it. I, that's the most serious. We're double stocking the chase this week. Well, the thing is, is it's actually you can do it this week because Justin Watson, I think, is just this guy. I think he's like five okay. targets a week floor. I, I think that uh, last week was the first time, I believe, in MBS's Chiefs tenure that he has played less than 50% of the snaps. The confounding and variable... I'll tell you what, that number is not going up after his performance. No, it's not. Now, the confounding variable <laughs> could be that Richie James might return from this injury this week. I think that would eat, <laughs> that would eat into everyone's snaps. I, I think they just are going to keep rotating these guys. But you've got Hardman, who's banged up. You've got Justin Ross removed. I think Justin Ross, like, literally, I think and they might have cut him. I might have even missed that. Um, so if Richie James doesn't play, Hardman's banged up. We know Kadarius Tony, like, they have, like, a he, maximum this dude can play, like, 34% of the snaps. Like, literally no more than that. And they don't really want to play Sky more. It seems like the only two guys they actually want to play are Rice and Watson. I, I mean, obviously Watson can just airball, but he feels pretty fucking good for a three thousand yeah. dollar play. Have they considered that if those are the two guys they want to play, that maybe they should just actually play them like eighty percent of the routes each, like a fucking normal team? I don't. I don't think they have <laughs> actually considered that. I think. I think there's just sort of like a blinking red alarm that if any wide receiver approaches seventy percent of the snaps, like Andy Reid gets an electroshock. As a Chiefs fan, like, what's up with this? Like, what's what? What do they think is the purpose of this? Like, I kind of got it early in the year when it was like, you know, we don't really know if we have any good receivers. We're gonna kind of audition these guys, see what happens, but like. I don't even feel like there's that much rhyme or reason to it. Like it doesn't feel as though it's really that package well, based thing... or role based. Like maybe, maybe it's just too much. I can't see it, but like, I, I just don't well, get it. No, at this it point. is, it is role based. So it is role based, right? Which is that one guy kind of has to have the DeMarcus Robinson role. One guy kind of has to have the Hardman role. And that Hardman role is being split between three guys right now. It's being split between Hardman, Tony, and Rice. But the, the obvious problem is that they also need a Tyreek Hill, and they don't have one. So it's like they they are just kind of 
chopping guys around and moving them around and trying to find a solution. And also, I mean, I think Mahomes is just like insanely frustrated. I just think he, I think, uh, and Reed probably is too. I think they're both I am. frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> we, like we're all a, frustrated. We're all like literally, I probably everyone involved in this situation, <laughs> the quarterback, the coach, the fans, I think literally everyone is probably like frustrated with it. Like, cause what are the roles? Like, okay. So there's the, like the DeMarcus, the DeMarcus, like Sammy Watkins role or whatever that is. That's, that's, that's like Justin Watson and MVS, right? Except Watson now is like, because what's shifted is that there's not a real target earner other than Kelsey, which is that the Justin Watson role has become a role that needs to be targeted some. Okay. All right. I think I'm even more confused when we start. I, I mean, um, I don't have. I certainly don't have a clear. I answer. just, I, I just don't understand how they haven't just gotten to a place yet where it's like, okay, Watson and Rice are the guys that we like the most. So now we're running them on eighty percent of the routes, and we're gonna split the like gadget shit between Tony and Hardman, and maybe a little bit of Sky um, on occasion. MVS, fuck off. Like, what? How is like? I just don't understand how that's not been. Why Whatever. why is Mike is Evans is. or DeAndre Hopkins not a chief? Really is is the this key t- key issue here. Why is Tyreek Hill not a chief? Like can no, we just that, go back that, in time and reverse? I mean, you know, at the end of the day. I'm not that, falling for the Eric Eager propaganda. They should have just retained his services. No, no, Eric's right. At the end of the day, that's gonna be a huge win for the franchise, I think. They um, want it. They yeah. want it. They want a Super Bowl without him. If they don't win a Super Bowl this year, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Anyway, I will at least one of my three single entry teams will be a Mahomes, Watson, Kelsey team. I will find a way. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing it. I don't think you need to do a Raiders bring back again. This could be pure Homer cope, but just like the idea of like the cumulative ownership of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in a slate where no teams in the NFL are capable of scoring points uh, being like less than 25% feels appealing. That's a good play. I needed to air my grievances so that I can now play it in good conscience, but it's a good play. Okay. I will not be falling for the Josh Jacobs propaganda. Uh, That's the propaganda I will not be falling for this week. He's going to project good every single week, but as we saw against the Miami Dolphins, he like needs every last one of those 27 carries with Aiden O'Connell under under center to get there. And and I could totally see him getting there. The weird thing about the Chiefs now is, is they're like a defensive team. They just they just like throttle you. Um, and it's Swift got there. So again, it's totally possible. It's just like I, I will be so heavy on Bijan that I don't need a sixty seven hundred dollar Jacobs, I think. Well, I don't think you can't play Jacobs as part of the stacks. Like if you're because like the only way Jacobs hits yes. right is the volume which means the Raiders need to stay in the game so and I don't think they're going to stay in the game by scoring on the Chiefs defense so the only way they stay in the game is if the Chiefs offense fails and Jacobs is able to just keep running over and over and over again 25 times until he hits the bonus so if you're playing Chiefs stuff where their Chiefs offense is functional Jacobs is game scripted out by the second quarter and the only Raiders you can consider is like Adams yeah oh you could you know what if you really wanted to get crazy, five targets speeds the game up. Chief stack, bring back Trey Tucker. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Michael Mayer, which I could go for. I could go, I could go for Michael Mayer. 
Michael Mayer is also fine. That's the reverse. That's the, oh, it's the fourth quarter and we have to pass it eight yards at a time against prevent. Right. I, I don't think the Trey Tucker thing is insane. He's running like a lot more routes. He only runs nine routes. So if you're playing this game through a stack, like the best thing that can possibly happen is that Trey Tucker hits on a 70 yard bomb and the Chiefs have the ball back right away. Yeah. All right. The final game. I mean, honestly, it's like one of those things that's so frustrating. It's this amazing game between the Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles, but everyone is expensive, right? Hurts yeah. and Allen are expensive. Diggs and AJ Brown are super expensive. Like I, I, you can single stack anyone here. You can single stack Josh. I think you can double stack Josh with Shakir and Diggs or Shakir and Kincaid, but I don't think you can include Diggs in that. Um, AJ Brown is $9,000 coming off a one yard, eight catch performance. So maybe, maybe he, maybe he, you know, should be 23% owned and he's 19% owned instead. I, I do really like the Hertz AJ Brown angle. Um, I also, both of the running backs, Swift and Cook here. Like, as we saw last week, James Cook is still the best running back on the Buffalo Bills, and they, I think, acknowledge that, which was good to see. It was good to see Joe Brady acknowledge that James Cook is the best running back on the team, although Ty Johnson, three for 36 and a touchdown as a receiver. Pretty hilarious. What do you make of this game? Well, Cook is, he is the best running back on the Bills, but he does remain like a total trap back. Like he still is losing a lot of goal line ops to Latavius Murray, presumably. He is now losing the two minute drill to Ty Johnson. So like the rule's okay, but it still, it still requires him more often than not to break a massive play to get into the bonus and another one to score a touchdown from 20 yards away. That's, that's kind of how he needs to get there. Uh, not impossible. Uh, yeah, the Philly side is is good. I, I I buy that this like new Devonta Smith role without Dallas Goddard is legitimate. Can you explain to me why Philly was running designed targets for Alameda, Zacchaeus, and Julio Jones instead of Devonta Smith and AJ Brown? That was odd. Um, you know, I mean, it's just like it's a regular season game. You don't have Dallas Goddard. Like Julio Jones is Julio Jones. I mean, I, <laughs> Julio I Jones was it. Julio Jones. The 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 thing that was weird to me was they started out the game using Calcaterra, who, if you're deep in the uh, Dynasty nerd streets, there you you've, go. Been, you've been aware of Grant Calcaterra for a while. And I kind of thought it was going to work. I was like, Calcaterra's big. He moves. Like, Dal- Grant, Grant, Grant Calcaterra is is just all the uh, uh, Dalton Kincaid, really. I, I like truly believe that. He'll probably never get a chance. Like, if he didn't get a chance against the Chiefs, he probably never will. But... I, I guess they're opting for more 11 personnel. I don't know how much that'll work against the Bills because I think they'll want to run more against the Bills than they did against the Chiefs. So it'll probably be more yeah. Jack Stoll. My my favorite play from this game is DeAndre Swift. I mean, so this is a fantastic he, play. Yeah, uh, Swift and Bijan. I mean, you want to you want to set up a recipe to tilting your day away? Play a bunch of Bijan <laughs> Robinson and DeAndre Swift. I don't see any chance that that goes wrong when they each have like 12 carries and no touchdowns like that. That I'm setting myself up to have a miserable Week 12. And I'm with you. Yeah. So it's just probably so it's just my favorite running back play on the slate this week. Um, the Bills have been hit by explosive runners all season with Travis Etienne, Brace Hall, uh, Devon Achan. Like Swift is a is a really nice matchup. Um, and his his role was like established coming out of the bye, you know, and he, they went to him even in that comeback drive, they were drawing up angle routes, screen routes for him. So I, I'm very, very into playing Swift. And I'm into playing Diggs. Like, I don't know. I think people may be looking at this some splits with Diggs where it's like since Knox went out, you know, he's not producing as much. Like, 
the efficiency has gone away for him to some extent. He also had a brutal matchup last week, of course, on the outside where, you know, he gets matched up with Sauce um, and DJ Reed along with Gabe Davis. He has no targets. Um, not the easiest matchup in the world this week either, but I, I think he gets back to being a big part of the game plan, mostly because uh, he's liable to just get upset and like, I don't know, leave the country or something if he doesn't start getting more usage. Fair. Yeah. Uh, all right. So to wrap it all up, favorite stack for me this week uh, i'm going i'm going with the mahomes watson kelsey flag plant running back Bijan, and swift and my vomit wide receiver is at perry regardless of the quarterback situation my favorite game to stack is going to be the colts and the Bucks, and i think i might actually do it including baker so that i can layer in some of the expensive eagles bill stuff on top of that but I also think you can game stack it with three plus of these pieces and no quarterbacks. Um, Swift is also my favorite play. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to join you on Deandre Swift as my favorite kind of play in every lineup. And my pukey guy would be uh, Trey Tucker. If you want to play any of the chief stacks, I will do at least one lineup with Trey Tucker this week. We'll see if that works out. I do. I like that. I like that idea. Cause one, I think value, like, value plays are are pretty thin here on this slate like there's not i guess unless if michael wilson and, Gre- and zach pascal don't play you better believe i'm fucking loading oh, up so much light the dorch. torch yeah light, light, light the, the torch. torch light the torch up um all right everyone there we go uh thank you for listening thank you for hanging out with us on thanksgiving morning we will see y'all back next week it's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.